0: How many love Jesus today, church? Big shout out to all of our locations. If you're in Lakeville or you're Maple Grove or Elk River or Spring Lake Park or you're joining us online, today is a great day to engage with church and remember the story of Jesus, to get together with family, and to be a part of a larger family in the body of Christ. Just welcome to everyone And I know that not everyone is involved in this season, some would call it Christmas season. The rest of the world sometimes calls it holiday season. So whatever reason that you're a part of it, I just want you to know you're welcome here at Emmanuel. Glad that you're here. And today you're going to hear a little bit about the opportunity to experience the joy of Christmas. Of course, the title of our series is Joy to the World. And the title of my message today is this. Peace in a stressed-out world. How many were stressed out watching the Vikings yesterday? Yes, a little bit of stress going on in those that are Viking people. I want you consider that with all the things going on at this time of year, it's also one of the most stressed-out times of year. Isn't it kind of crazy how the preparation, we're gonna get some time off potentially, get to be involved and engage with people over dinner and food and presents and all of that, but the same stuff causes stress. Did I get everything I need to get? Are we prepared for what we need to be prepared for? Uh, some people are feeling the, the anxiety of what's going to happen next, of feeling potentially feelings of left out experiences of the past or maybe high levels of depression that occur during this time of year. And I was looking at it this this week as I was thinking about our church and to consider the people of America and what we 're walking through at this point of uh, world history and to consider. What is the average person going through? And I was looking at various studies in 2022 of the mental health and the, the thinking status, the well-being status of just the average American. I came across the American Psychological Association, APA, uh, study that reveals that Americans have some big stresses going on. 70-plus percent of people are worried about government and politics and civil liberties. More than three-quarters of adults, 76%, said that the future of our nation is a significant source of stress in their lives. I was a little surprised by that. I didn't realize people as worried about some of those things as they are. Then I came across the financial aspect. Inflation was reported as a source of stress for the vast majority of adults. 83% of people are concerned about inflation. How many of you are concerned about inflation? Yeah, because it affects you when you go to the grocery store, right? And there's, everything's getting a little bit higher. And even if gas prices come down, that doesn't mean my eggs are cheaper, right? We're still paying more every time we go to the grocery store. Now, this is not a political message, by the way. This is just the average stress that people are walking through. Then there's the consequence for health, of adults said that they experienced health impacts due to stress in the last month. Headaches, 38%. Fatigue, 35%. Feeling nervous or anxious, 34%. Feeling depressed or sad, 33%. Wow, and it's not just older people. The next generation is experiencing higher levels of anxiety. 91% of Gen Zers say they have experienced at least one physical or emotional symptom due to stress in the last month compared to 74% of adults everywhere. Listen, there's a domino effect to stress, it rolls into our relationships. It affects marriages, it affects kids, it affects friendships and they're all kind of casualties of whatever stress we're going through. fact, like the number one cause for divorce is financial. So if people are worried about the economy and their own finances, it rolls right into the marriage. And even physically, how we process stress, as much as 90% of illness and disease are stress-related. 90%! High blood pressure, cardiovascular and heart disease have been linked to stress factors. And on top of that, what are we like when we are stressed out? What's it like to be around you when you're stressed? Some of you are like, don't ask. I might ask the person next to you. What are you like? Sometimes I am not the best version of myself as a husband or a dad. Sometimes I make bad decisions when I'm stressed out, particularly with eating. Come on, somebody. When they're stressed out, they're stress-eating. How many are stressed ate? You eating food? Yeah. Sometimes I feel alone when I'm stressed, and it makes me feel separate from other people. Sometimes I can't see a way out when I'm stressed. Stress is going to happen. The question is, what are you going to do about your stress? Now enough of all the bad news, Pastor Nate this morning, I want to give you good news. The announcement that Jesus is born has everything to do with how we thrive in stressful seasons. That announcement is not just a cute thing at this time of year. No, the first announcement of who the Messiah would be, who Jesus would be, was given through the prophet Isaiah hundreds of years before Jesus was actually born. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, and you can follow along in your Bibles or on the Emmanuel MN app, It says this for a child is born to us. This is a prophecy. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And his government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. And the passionate commitment of the Lord's hev- Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. And there's so many things wrapped up in who Jesus would be, that Messiah would be. And there are titles that came with that. Wonderful counselor. Did you know that he provides wisdom and comfort to those that need it. When you wanna make a decision and you're stressed, he's available as a wonderful counselor. The mighty God, did you know that he's not a weak God? That Jesus is not weak and mild, he is strong. And then he's the everlasting father where he's the father even to the fatherless. Nobody can say I have no father when we have our father in heaven, Amen. amen? So the title I want you to really think about for the purposes of this message is this. He is the Prince of Peace. Say that with me. Prince of Peace. He's the one who is in charge of peace. He's the one who rules peace. He's the one that controls peace in its dispenser to others. It says in verse seven, his government and its peace will never end. Listen, when it says his government and its peace, he's talking about the delivery system for his peace. How is that peace gonna get from him to you? It's the governmental system. It's the way that he gets there. Jesus, later on in the New Testament, called it his kingdom. The kingdom of God would come and it would deliver peace. And Jesus, by the way, said, his kingdom is available right now. It's not just way off into the future, but it's available now. And it won't run out. There's no end to his peace. It's not like he's going, oh, supplies are running up low. We got supply chain issues. No, the kingdom of God is going to be available all. What is that peace that we're talking about? If you look at it just from the Old Testament perspective, it's the... Hebrew word shalom. Everybody says shalom. Maybe you've heard that word before. It's used for a lot of generic different things in the world around. People will greet people with the words shalom. But it's the Hebrew word meaning wholeness. English, in, in English, it's completeness and soundness and peace and well-being and health and prosperity and salvation. It implies a state of mind that is at peace and satisfied. It's calm, it's okay, it's gonna be all right. Even in the middle of chaos, peace is more than a greeting, it provides a state of being. It's not dependent on outward circumstances, it's internal. And God's peace gives strength in that chaos, calm in the storms. Think of the image of Jesus sleeping in the bottom of the boat while the storms are raging. It's confidence in death. Uh, there's a story in Acts about a guy named Stephen who is being stoned to death. And while he's being stoned to death, he has a peace as he sees a vision of Jesus. Some of you perhaps have lost a loved one this year. And this time of year is your year of 1st You're missing that one that is lost. And by the way, that, this is not the only year you miss someone. You miss them for the rest of your life. But you're wondering, how will you find peace? Well, God's peace comes and brings an inner strength to you. First Thessalonians 4.14 says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. You can have hope because you have Jesus. Can I get an amen to that? And then there's the promise of peace. Because if you have that promise of peace, it enables you to forgive when others hurt you because you're not people dependent. You don't have to wait for them to apologize because you have a peace, a strength inside of you. It sustains you in prolonged struggles and suffering. I love what Philippians 4, 7 says, then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. See, the promise looking forward to the Messiah was not just that there would be a Savior that would die on the cross for our sins. That was huge. That, that, that took our sins. It changed everything. It called us into being sons and daughters of heaven. But that same one, Jesus, would bring peace to you. This is a peace that was promised. It's a promise that's hanging out there. And it's a promise that you can realize in your own life. And so then the moment happens. Turn the corner into the New Testament. As we look at the story of Jesus in Luke chapter two, it says that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby and guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them And suddenly the angel of the Lord by a vast, was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Remember what Isaiah said? That there would be a baby and that baby would have a title as the Prince of Peace. And it was secured, with the, 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 the promise was secured with the compassionate commitment of heaven's armies, Lord's armies. So now in the New Testament, you see not just one angel show up, but the whole reason that the armies of heaven are revealed to these shepherds was it was a fulfillment of the promise of Isaiah. This was saying, yes, not only does God make a promise, he delivers on his promises, that he follows through and he delivers what he promises. I love this because in the announcement of good news for the stressed out, there is an angel in armies declaring there would be peace on earth. I love that phrase, on earth, because it pulls me into, you remember and perhaps you've heard of the Lord's Prayer. When Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, he says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom, your government, your will be done, where? On earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of God isn't meant to just be out there. The kingdom of God is meant to be right here, right with you. It's not meant to be distant from anyone. So when we read about the promise of the Messiah providing peace, there's never been a moment in world history that needs more of God's peace than right now. You and I can't just live stressed out forever. In the middle of a stressed out world, Jesus provides his peace. So today I want to give you four ways to experience peace in a stressed out world. How to experience peace in a stressed out world. Number one, look to Jesus instead of, <laughs> what is that? Fill in the blank. Well, I'll ta- uh, let me ask you a question. What is your go-to for anxiety? Do you check out? Do you binge? <laughs> Do you escape? Do you medicate? Do you look to at more distressing news? <laughs> Scroll some more, find some more bad news that just makes you feel more and more like, do you go hang out with people to try to distract yourself? But those same people take you lower. I like to say that friends are like elevators. They can take you up or they can take you down. What is it that you do with that internal turmoil? Some people bury it. When somebody asks you, how are you doing? You go, great. And everything behind the smile is anything but great. Even this morning, perhaps, when we did our greeting time in church, people were shaking hands, fist bumping, and smiling at each other. But you have no idea the person that you fist bump perhaps is dealing with great turmoil on the inside. And sometimes it works its way out through their emotions. Sometimes it becomes an ulcer. Other times it works its way out in the relationships And we aren't who we could be to our spouses or to our children or to the people that are around us. And that stress is working its way out. So the question I have is, if you're dealing with those things, how's that working for you? Because you have an opportunity to look to Jesus instead of that. Instead of just doing the same thing over and over again, which is the definition of insanity and expecting different results, What if you instead turn to Jesus today for his peace? You make a conscious decision. I love what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 27. I am leaving you with a gift. Merry Christmas. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Get the peace that Jesus gives. It's not available on Amazon. Sometimes we cover over our anxiety with shopping and getting another package on our doorstep. Sometimes we try to just talk it out. We love to share over and over the bad news with our friends or our family, how bad everything is. But that isn't changing our internal world. No, we need to consciously step away from what's not working And turn to the one who does provide peace. Can I get an amen to that? If what you're doing isn't providing peace, maybe a fresh shift in your trust will help. To trust Jesus' peace requires exchanging it from one thing to another. 2 Thessalonians 3. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. The Lord be with you all. Four ways to experience peace in a stressed world. Number one, look to Jesus. Secondly, pray for peace. Ever said pray for peace? pray for peace. See, anxiety that's left in your head will lead to feelings of abandonment, anger, loneliness, depression, and even self-hatred. But the greatest opportunity for you to empty your head or your heart is through prayer. You want to get it out of there, then you can pray. Philippians 4 again. I'll read the first part of that verse where peace is talked about. Don't worry about what? Anything. Instead, everybody said, instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need, not just your sister, not just your social media. Tell God what you need. And thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Listen, this is a powerful opportunity for you and I. Prayer is the delivery system of God's kingdom peace. You won't get his peace without praying. You have permission to pray about everything. Don't leave anything out. Don't just bring big stuff. Bring small stuff. He'll work it out. And don't just bring the stuff that you think is religiously acceptable. Bring it all. Bring your your dark thoughts. Bring the stuff that you're embarrassed about. Bring the stuff, even your the, the the hurt and the anger and the frustration, and you might have in your heart, and I love to talk about the Psalmist David all the time in church, but the Psalmist David would sing to God about everything. He would tell God everything, everything that was going on when his best friend turned his back on him. He just said, God, kill my friend. Now listen, I'm not advocating murder in church today. But what I am saying is this, David took what was in his head and his heart and he gave it to God. And God took the murder out of his heart and replaced it with love. If it stayed in his head and his heart, it only grows. Bitterness is like taking poison and waiting for the other person to die. But prayer has the capacity to take the poison out of your heart. We can learn to pray. And listen, singing is a form of prayer. Our worship is a form of prayer. When we begin to talk to God, to sing to God, we empty our heart out before him. It's like taking all the junk out and replacing it with the purity of heaven. Being thankful for all that he's done and then just beginning to praise him. And listen, the download of peace comes after prayer. It's not before it sometimes. It's not during it sometimes. But the download from heaven of peace comes after prayer. And sometimes you just gotta keep praying. It's like Jesus said, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Let me just say this. I know that in a week like this coming up, Christmas is in seven days. We're gonna have a number of services at our church this week. I encourage you, invite your friends and family. It's a great opportunity for people to hear about the Messiah Jesus and to, to experience that. But listen, I guarantee you that today and tomorrow and the next day, there's going to be opportunity for you to be stressed out. There's going to be thinking about getting from one place to the next, and are people going to get disappointed or not? Do we have enough money? What's going on? I mean, there's so many things that you're going to experience. But what if in the middle of your stress, you pause And you begin to pray and you just said, God, I am on earth and I don't have peace. And your word says that your kingdom, you're the prince of peace and that that peace would be on earth. I don't feel it right now. So I'm going to talk to you about it. So what I got going on in my head is the lack of peace. So I'm going to tell you about it, but I want the download of peace that you promised in my family. I need your peace this week. Some of you are dreading getting together with family. You don't want to tell anybody that, but that's the truth. You're worried about that moment, crossing that threshold, walking to the door, the people that you always get in a fight with. Nobody here ever fights in families, right? And you're thinking about, what are we going to do? And that's a moment of stress and anxiety. So what if you said, God, I know I'm about to go into this week, and I can't do it without your peace. Even though I know some things. there's still going to be button pushers. There's going to be people that stress you out and tick you off and make you mad. There's going to be people that frustrate you. But what if you went into it saying, this is going to be a praying week? This is going to be a week where I'm constantly dialoguing with heaven. I'm constantly asking the Lord, would you help me? What if, what if he came and he answered your prayer? Four ways to encourage the experience of peace in the stressed out world. Look to Jesus. Pray for peace. And number three, follow the lead of the coach or the counselor. He is a wonderful counselor. You know what a counselor is? It's not just somebody that's a, like a therapist that you sit down at, a, at, a, at an office, although I thank God for people that are called to do that. Appreciate that. But the counselor that you see in here is more often associated with someone who would be like a counselor to the king. They'd be an advisor to the king. In the Old Testament, many of them were actually prophets. And prophets, their job was to give God's advice. To the king. And they would step into that advice and they'd either follow it or not. If they followed God's advice, the king often succeeded. If they didn't follow the counselor's advice God's advice through the counselor, then they didn't succeed. And I'm just gonna tell you this God will give you counsel and direction. You gotta follow it. A good coach can come in and observe what's going on in a team and recognize what needs to change. Sometimes it's a team culture. They're not together. Sometimes there's multiple people playing different roles and a coach will recognize you need to change your performance in this area. And if you do this, it will help not only you succeed, but the whole team succeed as well. You know, when I was a coach of uh, an eighth grade basketball team, I had a group of kids that, that were called the B team. That means they didn't make the A-team, all right? So these were not like everybody's choice for every part of of, uh, basketball and didn't think they were gonna be the best. Many of them ended up later on being starters in the high school ranks and stuff. But I remember one game I came in, it was an eight o'clock Saturday morning tournament game. No one wants that time slot. I've got eighth grade boys who don't wake up until one o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm supposed to be coaching them at 8 a.m. We come in, and my, my players were just, they were not performing. They are like missing passes. Uh, just, it was just terrible. I mean, their heads are down. They're yelling at each other. And I'm looking at them, and I'm going, what do I do as a coach other than kill them? What do I do right now? And I remember at halftime, I pulled them all together, and I just said this. I said, guys, I want you to take your shoes off right now. They're like, what are you talking about? Go Take your shoes out, grab your, your basketball bag, your coats and everything out. and I want you to go out in the hallway. And when you go out in the hallway, I want you to go ahead and put your stuff back on and come back into the gym. Because when you come back in, you're gonna be a different team than you were in the first half. You gotta think different, play different. You gotta start over. We need to get rid of the memory of the first half and start over as a brand new team. I'm telling you, when they came back in, We won that game in the second half. But a coach will recognize what needs to happen. This is what I want you to catch. When God begins to speak and you listen to the counselor, you have to learn to pray and run the play he's calling you to run. If your marriage is in turmoil, what is the Prince of Peace telling you to do? Do you need to make adjustments? Or are you just gonna keep running like you have been? Is your family fighting? Are you you praying? And what is the Spirit saying to you? I can tell you this, there are times when finances is the greatest pressure and stress, but we keep wanting to do what we've always done. Maybe we need to listen to him and sign up for Financial Peace University. But I don't wanna change. Exactly. Do you value your marriage and your family? or do you value your own patterns? Obedience is a pathway to obtain peace. Some of us don't have peace because we haven't been willing to do what God is telling us to do. We just wanna keep doing what we wanna do and get his blessings. Listen, the way of the transgressor is hard, but if you do it God's way, something powerful can happen. I can tell you, our church is full of people who took the brave step to step into tithing. And they said, you know what, I'm just gonna do it. I don't understand the math of how it all works out. And because they were obedient and they trusted God, they didn't have anxiety and worry about everything else because the 90% left over goes further than 100% kept to yourself. God, if you learn to trust God, and do what the coach is telling you to do, then you will experience a level of peace because when you face challenges, you can say, God, this isn't my problem, this is yours. I'm living in obedience, I need you to do the miracle out here. But when you're living in disobedience and you try to pray, you're not sure if God isn't gonna answer your prayer. And I'm just telling you, just do what the coach is telling you to do. Second Corinthians chapter 13. Dear brothers and sisters, I close my letter with these last words. Be joyful, grow to maturity, encourage each other, live in harmony and peace. Then the God of love and peace will be with you. If you listen and obey the coach, if you want that peace, it's amazing what happens when you give your yes to Jesus. He turns your obedience into peace in your heart. I love 1 Peter 5. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. The last one is this. Four ways to experience peace in a stressed-out world. Number one, look to Jesus. Two, pray for peace. Three, follow the leader, the, the coach, or the counselor. Number four, pass the peace turn to the person next to you and say pass the peace. Picture a dinner table with many people at the dinner table. There's all kinds of the table is set. There's bread, there's chicken, there's ribs, there's green beans, there's mashed potatoes, there's gravy. Are you anybody here getting hungry right now? And as we sit kind of the leader of the family says, "Let's pray." Now, uh, with our sons, our four sons, as we were growing up, we made them hold hands when we prayed. You know why we did that? So they weren't grabbing the food while I prayed. <laughs> and here's what we do. We'd say, we pray the prayer, and then the very next thing is, the ribs are on that side of the table, and it's not close to you. So you say, please pass the ribs. Hey, can you pass the butter down here for my bread? Hey, pass it down. Sometimes we know that in the body of Christ, the peace is on the other side of the table. And it's our responsibility to pass it amongst each other, to share the peace with each other. Listen, every one of us can do that. If God's peace is going to reach everyone, we all need to pass the peace. Everybody said pass the peace. Amen. Matthew chapter 18, Jesus is speaking and he says this. I will tell, also tell you this. If two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. What if we ask God for God's peace together? See, I mean, there are so many different things that people are going through today. In fact, why don't you stand up in all of our locations, wherever you are, if you'd stand to your feet right now. I want you to think, just take a moment, look at, about at everyone else in the room. Just kind of look around. There's a whole bunch of different kinds of people, ages, stages. We're all going through different things. Some of you, it's your first time. Some of you have been here hundreds of times in church. But did you know that in the body of Christ, that on any time that we gather together, there's an opportunity for Jesus to show up. When we pray together, Jesus shows up and he's called the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace is here today. And I know, you know, I, I don't know every part of every person's story, but I do know this, no matter what you're going through, that in this room we can pass the peace and experience Jesus' peace in your life. You can experience his peace today. And we're gonna do that together. We're gonna look to Jesus instead of other things. We're gonna pray for peace. We're gonna follow the lead of the coach. And we're gonna pass the peace together. I encourage you that if you lack peace in your head or your heart, to talk to Jesus about it. Don't walk out of church today and miss out. Don't click out of joining us online and miss out on the hope that would be there for you in relationships, in your marriage, in your friendships. And perhaps you're in the middle of a storm or you're working through an extended struggle. Did you know that Jesus' peace is available for you today? And today we get to pass the peace together. And I'm gonna ask you to do something that isn't super common in our church, but we've done it before. I'm gonna ask you to pray together, to huddle up into groups of two or three. And I'm gonna ask you to actually pray. And what you'll do is you're gonna share an area of need there where you need God's peace. And we will pray for each other. You're like, I've never prayed out loud. It's really simple. All you got to do to pray for somebody else is actually repeat the words that they say where they need peace. God, they said they need peace in their family. Boom! That's all. You just prayed. You know, you just did it. What? Yeah, you did it. So all of us can pray and anyone can pray out loud. And you don't have to be the perfect person. And you can, you can pray and Jesus will hear you. And I believe that God is going to help each of us, our pastors and our worship leaders in each location. will lead you after I pray in a moment. And then I'm gonna ask you just to break up into groups of two or three, and then we'll come back together for worship as each location, and then we'll do a kind of our final ending blessing prayer. But I want you to be ready to pass the peace. Say this with me, pass the peace, pass the peace because the peace is going to spread the joy of Jesus, the peace of Jesus here today. All right, I hope I've been clear enough what we're about to do. Go ahead and close your eyes for a moment. Father, I pray, God, that you'd come and that you'd turn your face towards these, your people. We have no idea what people have walked into the room with, but we do know that you are the answer for the needs that we have. And today, God, I pray, God, that you would pass your peace not just leaving it in heaven, but bring it to earth. Bring it into individual lives. Bring it into young and old. Bring it into any circumstance. And I pray your peace would come. And that, Lord, as the Prince of Peace, you would dispense it through your body in the church today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We pray that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. Check out EmanuelCC.org for faith resources, how to get plugged into community, or to join us live on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. We are so excited to see what God is going to do. The best is yet to come.